This is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Oh, for sure. And I'm a little hungry still. (laughs) (laughs) Good Story number 221. (laughs) Babette's Feast is what we're going to talk about. And uh, it's one of those movies that I have meant to see. You know, it's always on a list of... Uh, great religious films, mm. and uh, I've just never got to it. So I'm so happy to have seen it. It was really something. Oh, I'm so glad you yeah, liked it. You bet. It's funny. It's one of those movies that uh, me being a, a cook and, and nowhere ever near Babette, but you know, even when you're making turkey and stuffing, and we're recording this the day after Thanksgiving, <laughs> so it's quite appropriate in my mind. Mm. Um, but you know, you want it to be the best it can be, and. Right. Babette gives us that. And uh, the first time I watched it, I had all my foodie friends going, oh, you've got to see it, you've got to see it. And I mean, this is before we even had kids, so I'm not going to say how long ago that was. But (laughs) Tom and I watched it, and we were unimpressed. Hmm. We did not watch movies in the way we watch them now. Mm -hmm. We didn't know to just flow over them. We didn't know what to do with all the quiet moments. Um and Tom was Catholic, but not really practicing, and I was nothing. So a lot of that stuff just didn't hit me the way it did now. Then mm. this time, this is my third time watching, and I picked it because I could not but be struck by the incarnation. Mm. And Catholics are always very emphatic on the importance of the body, not just the soul. Mm-hmm. And you can't find a movie that kind of exemplifies that more than this one. And this time watching it, it got done and I had tears in my eyes. Oh, that's nice. You know? Yeah. So, it, yeah. I've changed. Clearly I've changed because <laughs> the movie's been the same. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's been the same. Wow. Yep. Yeah. For sure. That's that's great. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's, yeah. like, it's like your journey, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because the second time I watched it was just a year ago and a friend from the book club, the Catholic Women's Book Club, picked it. And so a big bunch of us watched it together in my living room and I had made Mexican food, which is quite different, of course. (laughs) But um, I did my best. It was a feast. And uh, I have never heard so much laughing during a movie. And Rose was in her bedroom, but she came out and said, wait, were you watching Babette's Feast? Because what was all this laughing? But all the small moments were really enhanced by us being together and mm. kind of making comments about the movie as it went. And it was appreciative laughter. When nobody was mocking it. And um, in that viewing kind of exemplified what happens during the feast at the end of the movie where the gathering of friends together enhances everything oh, and elevates yeah. it. Yeah. So it's it's been interesting thinking about the three viewings of this movie hmm. for me. That's great. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> kind of kind of a a little uh, gift. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, a couple things that I learned about the movie. Um, first of all, as directed by Gabriel Axel, it is a Danish film. It was chilly <laughs> yeah, all the time. It, was, it seemed it was, like it was pretty bleak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And um, it's from a short story written by, um, let's see, Isaac. Karen Blixen? Yeah, um, but she has a famous pseudonym. Isaac Dennison? Isaac Dennison, right. Yeah, Yeah. right. And she's famous for another story that was made into a movie called Out of Africa. Uh And, um, but yeah, it was interesting to read about her just a little bit. I didn't. Uh, This is all news to me. I haven't read anything that she's written, but I think it might be interesting to give that a try. Yeah, I haven't Um, either. Yeah. So she was born in uh, April of 1885 and passed away in September of 1962. She saw a lot of changes. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, on the director, I just looked him up a little bit, and he made 73 movies. Wow. And Babette's Feast was really close to one of his last ones. Huh. 
Yeah. Um, so he started his career in directing uh, with a TV short in 1951. And these are all Danish things. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them have Danish titles. And then um, he, uh, Babette's Feast was 1987. Mm. And he only did uh, like three things after that. Yeah, I really should look for the short story and compare it to the movie because knowing that about his life, you wonder how much of that was his own reflection on things or how much of mm. it was just very faithfully from the story. Yeah, yeah, good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he passed away in 2014 at the age of 95. Oh, my goodness. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very good. But anyway, yeah, so what's this movie about? So it's a surprisingly simple story, really. It's um, the story of two sisters who were raised by their pastor father, who um, was the pastor of a small congregation of very stern <laughs> religious mm. people. I mean, um, and they're often called in the translation that I was re- saw on the screen was Puritans. Mm. And you get that feeling. There's not a lot of decoration in their lives. There's not a lot of extras. They sing. Yeah, but um, they called him uh, the the narrator at the beginning um, called him a prophet. Ah, yes, on mine, yeah. (laughs) And again, you know, I I I assume we're reading the same subtitles, but I don't know if we are. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, and it is subtitled, Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I didn't catch. uh, I didn't. That part didn't hit me. So. Uh, maybe because I knew the movie a little bit more. Um, so I already had an opinion of the father this time around. Mm-hmm. But um, they it shows in a bit of a flashback that they are each um, courted by very different types of people. One is courted by a young military man who's visiting his aunt. He's been sent down for bad behavior. So mm-hmm. he's going to stay with his aunt. And he's like, wait. My aunt out in Jutland, out in the village, <laughs> shut up and go. He's like, what is in the middle of nowhere? But he sees this beautiful girl, and so he's interested and joins the religious order as much as he can before he says, no, I, this is not working. I love you, but I, I'm going to go off and be noble. Hmm. Um, and then the um, other one is courted by a singer, hmm. famous musician, he is um, looking for new inspiration, trying to find solitude and kind of recenter himself, I think. And he discovers her voice and he also leaves her there. And so I won't say much about why any of those things happened, but because there's not a lot to unfold, <laughs> but that's important to the story. And so it's funny because when I was watching, I was like, man, they spend a lot of time on these courtships for nothing to come out of them. But of course, what comes out of them is through the services of one of them, Babette winds up, who's a French woman, winds up as a refugee living with the sisters and becoming their housekeeper and cook. Mm. And through um, another one later on when Babette gives a feast to celebrate the father's 100th birthday, if he had been alive, um, the other one helps us appreciate what she has is doing. Mm-hmm. So they're woven through the story. Yeah. It's one of those well-written stories where everything means something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everything follows from, everything follows naturally from the things that came before it. Yes. Right. And, and it all even needed to be there in order yeah. for it all to work. Yeah. Yeah. And even though the story is fairly simple, there are all kinds of little touches in it. Like um, once Babette's established, it shows her um, going to the grocer and the way she deals with the grocer and the fisherman. And so you learn about her character that way. And, um, but the sisters, it shows they do good works. They feed the poor. They help the people who can't do anything for themselves, even though they have very little, they were really formed by their father's idea of how to be Christians. And, Mm. They have a very small and shrinking congregation. It's not growing. Once the father dies, they all maintain the faith, but no one else new is coming along. So they're getting older and older. They want to celebrate this 100th anniversary of you know their founder's uh, birthday. And Babette says, so, so Babette wants to put the feast on for them. And how that comes about and how she does it is the culmination of the movie and the result on the people um, is revelatory, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's a very quiet movie. It's done through small 
acts and small things. And so you have to be ready to just kind of let this movie roll over you and just be open and take it in. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, but yeah, it's very meaningful. You know, it's well worth the trip, right? It's a, yeah. it's, it's kind of slow at the beginning and um, mm-hmm. just starts to roll. Um, but it's, you know, kind of like Lord of the Rings. I like it that it's slow <laughs> in the beginning, right? Yeah. I just like it's, it's, there's just something about it that pulls you into the world. And then mm-hmm. um, you start to care about the people as you watch. And um, it's. Yeah, and it's a very yeah. real seeming world. I mean, you think about these little towns that are villages, really, that would be, have been scattered around and maybe, and are still scattered around a lot of, say, even our country. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of might look down at them and say, oh, they're so rural or there's nothing beautiful here or whatever it is compared to a big city or, you know, natural beauty of some sort. But this is where people live. This is where their lives happen and lives are made up of small things. Mm. And that's kind of what this movie is. It is made up of small things because these are the lives and the things that are big and important are, you know, this person was courted, that person was courted. Here's what happened. Babette comes. That's a big thing. Mm. Um, it changes the quality of their life. And um, the fact that Babette's there at the end to do what she does is based on these two sisters' kindness. Mm. You know, they, yep. they say, yep. we can't afford to pay you to be our servant. And she's like, I won't take any pay. I just need somewhere to go because she's escaping a lot of violence in France. Her husband and her son were killed and everything. And she's, you can see she's at her last gasp. And they just look at each other and go, all right, we'll take you in. It's fine. You know, they're like, we should pay you. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'll do it without pay. Okay. <laughs> and their own kindness extended is paid back to them a hundredfold. Yeah. Yeah. So we've already given a few spoilers, but there's so little to the movie. I don't know how to tell it otherwise. But yeah, please go see it or please watch it. And mm-hmm. um, But yeah. Um, one one little detail that I learned from the Wikipedia page on the the film itself was, you know, you mentioned the town, and mm-hmm. it says that uh, Blixen's original story takes place in the Norwegian port town of Berlevag, which oh. is a setting of multicolored woodhouses on a long fjord. However, when the oh. director Axel researched locations in Norway, he said this setting is way too idyllic. <laughs> It resembled a beautiful tourist brochure, he said. So he shifted oh, the location funny. to the flat, windswept coast of western Jutland and asked his set designer, Sven Weichmann, the great Sven Weichmann, ah, <laughs> to build it, a, a small gray village offering very few or no attractions. Oh, so this was a manufactured location. Yeah, yeah. Isn't well, that it, cool? It needed to be. Yeah. And it worked. And then... Um, he said, and this is a quote from the director, there is a lot that works in writing, but when translated to pictures, it doesn't give the same impression of feeling. Oh, All the yeah. changes I undertook, I did to actually be faithful to Karen Blixen. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Trying to give the greatest service to the message and the story. Right, right. Which Instead of the details. If they were in you know, what I imagine to be like Aspen, Colorado or something like that, right? Yeah. You said <laughs> that. with I an ocean. I guess I should have picked a, a place on it with an ocean, like Fort Lauderdale maybe. Yeah. Uh, or Miami. Miami, or, well, no, right. But yeah. I mean, yeah, not quite that big, I guess, but someplace much more cheerful. Right, Or with right. a lot of other options and attractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. That's fun. Yeah. But great. So, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's move into spoiler territory. But yeah, please please do watch it. It's well worth watching. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. I found this to be really thought-provoking. Um, there, there was a lot of things that made me think uh, quite a bit. Um, and still doing so. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm like, you know, I actually watched it by myself. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't have anyone to talk about oh, with no. this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so thank goodness you're here. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm here to help. That's right. That's right. So, um, first of all, you know, the first big decisions that are made, um, you, you, I mean, we see the, the two sisters as they're older, and then we go back in time, and this is when we see them with their father, and we see uh, the military guy 
Um, mm-hmm. can't remember his name. Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence, right. He gets sent to the small town for bad behavior, like you said. And uh, it was like, you're going to be three months in this town and you're going to hopefully come out of there with a different attitude. Yeah. <laughs> right? So he sees, yeah. he sees one, of the, one of the sisters and falls in love with her and then starts to come to um, the services at the church and also in the fellow's house. Um, and we see her father saying, or their father, um, he says, in my ministry, my daughters are my right and left hands. Will you deprive me of them? Uh, yeah. It's funny because the father is not ever overt, other than that statement, mm-hmm. he is not overtly discouraging. We see the two daughters themselves kind of living out what they know their father would want mm-hmm. in these two relationships. But what struck me is we're continually hearing the congregation in present and in flashbacks sing the song where it's like, what father would give his child a stone or a serpent instead of a loaf of bread. Mm. And, as I was watching and thinking about these two relationships and the way they end and the daughter's fates um, and how both the two men, once they've grown older said, Oh, you're probably surrounded by children. You probably have what you want. I, you know, that kind of thing. And we see they don't. And I'm like, their father is the father who gives the stone or the serpent instead of bread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he is selfish and it's in service of the Lord, but what is the point of that service of the Lord when he keeps it for his own purpose? I mean... Yeah, see, then that, that's the type of conclusion I was coming to. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. No, 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 no. I'm I didn't not, mean to I'm step not, on your no, toes. No, that's not at all. I, I, it's great that, that that's, that's exactly the kind of thoughts that I was having. Because the first thought that I was having is how interesting that this person is giving up the world for ministry, mm-hmm. right? That was my first thought about what mm-hmm. the sister did, the first sister, right? Yeah. I was like, well, she was, she was basically, no, I'm going to be staying here. And, you know, without explicitly saying it, the feeling I got yeah. was like, hey, if you want me, you're going to need to stay here. And he was yeah. basically saying, I'm not going to stay here. And um, it, it was like he had some things that he really wanted and um, yet he loved this woman, but the woman was not going to come with him. And then he ended up saying, I've learned that things are, you know, it's like um, things are dismal. And, and in this life, some things are just impossible. And the way he walked, right? Yeah, and it was interesting because she never does say anything. He just says she suddenly was feeling more and more remote from me or I was feeling more and more isolated. So it's, she just wasn't being as welcoming or, you know, they weren't exchanging the glances anymore and all that kind right, of thing. Right. And he, yeah, you he never get the feeling that he was interested in living in that town and she right. wasn't even inviting him to live in that town. No, she wasn't. And it, he just didn't fit. Right. Yeah. You know, with everyone else that was there, he'd be sitting there at the table and he was like, doesn't belong there. You could yeah. just tell. And it was not only how he looked, but also just how he acted. Um, you know, he he would look around in, a little incredulously, like, <laughs> are you people are all saying this, I should say this, you know, um, that kind of stuff the whole time. He was never comfortable and he never fit. Kind of like, oh, oh, you're serious about this. <laughs> oh, okay. And it, but it wasn't that obvious, but it was that kind of, yeah. That... Yeah, but it was subtle. It was the whole movie yeah. is subtle like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second sister, oh. she was, it was even more of a thing, right? That because, yeah, because then, then what happened there is this singer who is famous um, says, and a I need a break. Person. Yeah, yeah. I, I need a break. Um, I want to go listen to the ocean, he says to somebody. And she says, You should go to Jutland because it's so very nice there. <laughs> well, I think, didn't she say you need silence or yes, something? Yes, that, that's what she and said. It's I was very being, silent I was being there, jokey. except for the waves. Yeah, I was being jokey because it is not a super Got nice it. place. It's a very cold beach. It's not. It's I not thought some... it was funny that that elegant lady knew about Jutland and was recommending it. I'm like, he's in the height of society. Here. Yeah, right. Yeah. So away he goes to to get some silence, um, 
And as he's sitting there watching the ocean and contemplating the fact that his career is winding down and he's uh, nearing the end of his um, life as he knows it is what he was contemplating. And then um, he hears some singing from the church and he goes there and boom, immediately struck by lightning, sees the one of the sisters, the other sister who can sing beautifully and, uh, you know, he's in love. So he starts to teach her voice lessons and she's amazing. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I am going to bring you to Paris and people are going to be crazy about you and it's going to be the very best thing. And selfishly for himself, it was a renewal of enthusiasm. Right. It was, it was like just reinvigorating. You know, it's like I'm going to bring her to Paris and people are going to go crazy. And um, she turns away from that. She's just like, no, I'm going to stay here. But you can tell she's she does love him. Yeah, she likes and him. And you quite can a bit. tell she she loves the singing. That mm-hmm. duet they sing is so touching. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, you know, amorous at the same time, and mm-hmm. um, and they're both feeling it. Right. She gets a lot closer to the danger point. You feel of like I I am leaving. <laughs> yeah, and on that one, I started to feel uneasy because it was like. You know, God says the stuff about the talents and stuff. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, here you've got this supreme talent. We don't want to bury it. Right. Oh, you know, that's, yeah. So, Scott. right. So that's I was, good. that's what I was feeling at that point was like, uh, how much good she could she do as a religious person to go to Paris and sing and everybody's suddenly paying attention to her. And now she could say, Hey, have you heard about God, everybody? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Interesting. Or would it have corrupted her? I or guess. would it have corrupted her? It could have been either way. And, 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 and these, these are thoughts that, um, I can sympathize with the, the idea of turning away from the modern world. Right. Cause, cause I mm-hmm, get a lot of that mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, Oh, you know, I'm spending too much time on the internet, you know, this dumb phone, right. all these other things that we, you know, turn away from. Um, I can understand that the modern world is not fulfilling spiritually often. Right. Right. And, um, so I can totally get that. You know, I, I, I totally understand why a monk would find that life very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it, it was like, I could feel like she wanted to go, but yeah. felt like she needed to stay. And, and she could have been very inspirational for both the other artists. Right. And, you know, for everybody, as you're saying. And I had not thought about the parable of the talents. That is really perfect, especially when we consider Babette later. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Scott, thank you for that oh, one. Oh, you betcha. Yeah, that's just what hit me there. So I was uneasy mm-hmm. at that point. Now I'm like... Are these people making the right decisions, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't feel like they were anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, now um, they turned away both of those guys and they've chosen the life that they've chosen, which is like being a religious pretty much, really. Oh, right? yeah. So yeah. Uh, the, even though they weren't Roman Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was an interesting aspect of the singer, you know? He says, yeah. are you a papist? He says, why, yes, I am. I'm Roman Catholic. And he says, uh, it, sound, it felt like he was like, yeah. oh, I'll come in anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll still let you in out of common right. courtesy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. Well, yeah. because let's, let's face it. One is named Martine after Martin Luther and the other is named um, – Philippa, mm-hmm. after his best Martin Luther's best friend Philippe, or, something, or you know whatever it is, <laughs> oh it's my like gosh. these people are giving no ground. Oh man, that's and uh, it's and that's part of the bleak environment and the fact that you know um, the the kinds of they don't show them eating much, but when they do, it just looks grim, uh, you know. And yeah. um, it's not that they're not singing, but then you read the words of the songs they're they're singing and it's all about, you know, once we get to heaven and that kind of thing, what, you know, we, we can make it kind of deal. And you're just like, well, I, I guess the father was very inspirational Mm -hmm. and that's what gives everybody the um, love of God and, and the strength to carry on. But yeah, it's not, 
living your whole life right. somehow. Right. And it felt like for those girls, they were not living their whole life. No. Right. No. Because then we see them in current day, they're old maids yeah, right. together. And, and still in charge of their congregation, you know, that their dad left mm-hmm. behind, but yet the congregation was splintering and okay. aging, like you said. It was, but it was mm-hmm. splintering. It was, it was almost gone. It, yeah, you they get were, the impression that this was just going to fall apart any day. Yeah. They're sitting there during the service. This is after Babette's there, but they're mm-hmm. sitting there during the service, all arguing with each other. And the sisters are uneasily kind of trying to change the subject and bring them back to why they're there. Yeah. And people are arguing while they're talking and while they're singing. And yeah, um, right. yeah, it was, they are not the person their father was. And so everybody's faith was kind of centered in what the father was able to inspire them to. Right. Which is an incorrectly formed thing. Right. Yeah. Again, it's right. the person. It's not. It's Jesus that should be our right. focus, not as we've said number number of times yeah. in this podcast. <laughs> yes. Sometimes, if you if you put your faith in a person, it's not rewarded. Yeah, and it's so. not to say we don't need leaders, but mm-hmm. he clearly his his the faith he left them with was something that wasn't growing and flourishing. It was something that was, um, like you say, it was splintering. Yeah. Among them. So there was a problem somehow. Mm-hmm. And the movie makes it really clear. Um, you know, yeah. we're not just criticizing these particular people's faith because it's an incorrectly formed faith, as you yeah. said. Yeah, exactly. In this circumstance. Right. And then Babette comes. Right. And, and Babette she's not, arrives. Yeah. Yeah. She's not obviously a breath of fresh air, but she's a new element and she's Catholic. Mm-hmm. And not that she's, you know, busy practicing, but she's just got a different worldview. She's Parisian, you yeah, know, yeah. she, um, and she applies herself to everything with vigor. When I watch her washing those windows, just throwing water <laughs> on them and scrubbing them and thinking of the salt air that is yeah, hitting those things yeah. going, oh man. <laughs> um, yeah. you watch her tasting the bread soup that yeah, these sisters make. Yeah, you watch her, her sit there and take <laughs> lessons, right? This is how you make bread soup. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, man, that does not look good at all. What do you... No. <laughs> and then, uh. It's so funny because my mom made the point. She says, you know, that had to be rye bread soup. And I went, oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, wow. That's the bread they would have been eating. Not... I just thought it was brown bread. Make yeah. it rye bread. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, and knowing what we know now, Water, so sitting there up and- watching her take those lessons it has a whole new meaning too. Once you watch the movie to the end, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, and it's it's totally different because now, I mean, knowing what we know at the end, which we can say yeah. now because we're in this territory, right? Right. Um, yeah, she she's- is extremely patient and giving, Babette, and humble, and humble, right? She's not. Yeah. She she could have said. Let me show you how to do this way better, you know, yeah. or as good as we can, right? Uh, which she she kind of silently did as time moved on. She would yeah. add her own stuff to it, and um, yeah, they, they would show those those and... sisters bringing food to everybody, which is <laughs> one of their joys in life, right? But as soon right. as Babette showed up, the food actually got very tasty. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. and they show that's one of my favorite subtle moments is you know they've taken the soup to people they're sitting down and eating their own soup and in the kitchen Babette is sitting down and taking her first spoonful of soup and she puts it in her mouth and she just sits absolutely still <laughs> for yeah. a few seconds mm-hmm. and then she's okay swallows <laughs> it and then takes another like, gets uh. another little spoonful and you're just like okay. But yeah, then they show her gathering herbs and taking yeah. over the management of the household and yeah. um oh my goodness. Haggling with people uh when yes. she purchases things and purchasing the things that she purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was these fish aren't fresh. You're saying my fish aren't fresh? No. How much are the <laughs> is this one? Nope. How about these two? Uh-huh. And then they show her leaving and the woman behind her tries to do the same thing and he goes, No, no and charges her extra. <laughs> To make up for what bad bad costume. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, uh, and there was another little little tiny scene where the sisters were like, "We have more money now that she's here than we had when right? she before she came." Right, that was kind of neat. She's a thrifty French woman. Right. Yeah. She she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yes. And uh, and then she mentions at one point that uh, some friend back in Paris is buying her a lottery ticket every year. He's renewing it for her every yeah. year. I so um, yeah. I guess you sign up for the number and you keep paying the money. And it, I just thought it was probably Achille Pepin. Is that yeah, his name? I'm, I the, was guessing that too. The singer. Yeah. Who sent her back? Right. Well, and that's so that's the start of the tie-in, and we can talk. The singer mm-hmm. is the one who says. You need to get away. So he writes the letter to the sister saying, you know, I know how wonderful it is and how great you guys are and she'll, it's, you'll take care of her. And that's part of what makes them take her in. And he, she, Babette would never have known about that little town otherwise. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So she's also grateful. She is. Very. Yeah. And then um, she wins the lottery. So th- yeah. after 14 years of service, we should mention yeah, that. It's, that's she's, right. She's been there for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, her number comes in, right? So she yeah. wins She wins 10,000 francs, which sounds like a, a good sum oh. to me. Yeah, it would have mm-hmm. been the late 1800. Well, yeah, the yeah. 1870s or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, these... Uh, the sisters and uh, although Bridget or sorry, uh, Babette, although Babette never actually says it, um, the sisters are sure that um, God giveth and God taketh away. Right. So they're, they're sure that Babette's going to move on now. <laughs> they get it. Why would somebody stay there when you have 10,000 yeah. <laughs> francs and you could leave? We right. know. Right. Yeah. So um, they, they actually collect all the money, you know, Uh, I guess she cashed a check and I I love that guy, the guy who's the grocer and the (laughs) postman postman. (laughs) and some kind of notary public and the banker. It sounds like, uh, that was, that was cool. I love him putting on his official postman hat (laughs) to deliver the lottery letter. Oh, I have a letter. I have a letter. Yeah. Better put on the hat. I love that. I love that. Small towns are fun. So, um, Anyway, they, they get all the money, puts it in the box and all that stuff. And um, then that's when Babette comes in and she has said nothing about whether she's staying or leaving or anything right. like that. And she goes to the sisters and says, hey, this 100th birthday that you guys are talking about for their father who has passed away, um, I would love to make the meal for this party. And then the, the sisters say, oh, we, we were just planning on... Uh, you know, something simple with a cup of coffee at the end, <laughs> which sounds extravagant, right? Right. And uh, and she says, no, I want to make you a French meal. Yeah. And it's um, like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That's too much. Too much. Right. And then they realize she's never asked them for anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's now asking them for this. And she's so also gonna... said, uh, I want to pay for it. Right. With my new money, I want to I want to pay for this. Yeah. And, she says, I'll buy it. And then, yeah. you know. So and she a, doesn't say it. That's all she says. Yeah. So she talked talked him into it, and the sisters agreed, but they were uneasy about it. And then. Well, they don't get too worried until um, she, she goes off for a week to arrange for all the supplies she needs. And that was a cool um, time, too. When she, when she left to go get supplies. And then they, they started cooking themselves and bringing it around to people. And they know. They were like, oh, damn, this isn't very good. <laughs> and he's picking it up. The bread's got lumps in it. And, and I like they're, they're looking at each other going, oh, it's been a long time since we've had to do this yeah. ourselves. They realize how much better their lives have been. And yeah, then, yeah. Um, yeah, it's when she comes back mm. and she's got the big turtle and oh, the quail <laughs> and all this stuff. And they're suddenly they're having nightmares about um, – oh. What's going to go into making this feast? And that that was so amazing. Uh, Wasn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, nightmares. Yeah. About what they were opening themselves to by having this sensual feast, right? Yes. They, yeah. they, French um, food is something that's just too much. They tell the other congregants that agreeing to this feast has opened them up to evil the possibility of evil coming in with it. And she says it in such an intense way. I mean, it was like, this is, this is, how could this even be worse? It was like, you know, our father looking down from above is seeing us do a, a witch's something or other. I'm looking for the quote here. Like a witch's Sabbath. Witch's Sabbath. Yeah. It was just like, wow. (laughs) 
you know? Yeah, because they're dreaming about the animals being killed and everything like that. And it's funny, I'm thinking about that going, well, you know, for one thing, um, it's almost like, you know, you read about Moses, one of the things he does is they have the sacrifice, and then he scatters the blood on the people. Yeah, yeah. That's the liturgical part, not the sacrifice. It's the blood on the people. Hmm. And that's um, that's carried through into, you know, through Jewish liturgy and into Catholic liturgy. But the Protestants had cut off a lot of that kind of symbolism yeah. or hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we don't call it symbolic with the Eucharist, it's been carried the furthest it could be with the Eucharist for us, which is Jesus's, you know, body and blood, soul and divinity really there. So uh, what they're worried about is that kind of thing, I think. Hmm. And also just the sensual delights of a wonderful meal. Yes. Yeah. If they'd have known about those bottles, they would have freaked out. (laughs) For sure. So I I found uh, a a quote from Martine, right? She's, yeah. she's telling her, her uh, congregants, we meant no harm. Philippa and I merely wanted to grant Babette's wish. We had no idea where it might lead. And now we've exposed ourselves to dangerous forces that may bring evil upon us. I can't even tell you what may be given to eat and drink. It's French. Yeah. Who it's, can know? <laughs> who can possibly know? And then <laughs> and then she says, oh, how often I think of my father now. I feel he's looking down and watching his daughters use his home for a witch's Sabbath. And it's just, it's it's this French meal. Mm-hmm. And th- that's amazing. So it, it is like this austerity thing where, you know, uh, pleasure is really just not allowed. Yeah, and it's again, it's that idea of the soul is what's important, not the body. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that separation, and that's again why I was thinking of the incarnation because we're getting mm. ready to enter Advent, where we look forward to Jesus coming, and He was human. Yeah, See, fully that's human, amazing. fully divine. That's he, he appreciated all those things. He would have loved Babette's. I feast. wonder if he had a French meal while he was here. <laughs> well, if, if only there was he, France. If, if only there was France. That's right. I'm not I sure in Gaul it would have been the same. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, sometimes. Well, I remember you know Father James Martin's book, you know where mm-hmm. that really made me think about, you know Jesus was walking to work, you know. Jesus hammered a house together. Jesus, you know, uh, stubbed his toe probably, you know, um, you know, all, all these things. He was, he was human. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing about the movie is to me is Babette is clearly what Babette does is she, she is showing here's the wisdom of both things. Um, because one thing is that I noticed is or at least until Babette comes to ask them the favor, I did not notice her having big cross on her chest Mm. or her breast. And she did when she came to ask them. And then thereafter you see it all the time. Right. Yeah. She is bringing Christ, the fullness of the faith into that house with that feast. That's not necessarily her intention, but the way the timing works out, um, when you think about it, when they're, it's clear that the congregation is splintering, she comes in and breaks up the fight. That's right. She did. Then she, yeah, then she wins the lottery. Then she cooks the meal. And she is doing it for more than one reason, but maybe that's one of the reasons. She's seen the effect of a meal like that on people because um, when the general is eating the meal, the general who was the boyfriend from long ago, has achieved all these things, thinking of, of the good things he learned of the faith and of his former love. He talks about the fact that um, people said that her meals, I'm trying to find the quote, um, mm-hmm. just one second, that her meals would transform a feast into a love affair with no distinction between bodily and spiritual appetite. Mm. He doesn't know that he's talking about her. He's talking about the chef, the head chef, at the Café Anglais, who unusually was a woman. Mm -hmm. And from the fact that he's at this feast, we're allowed to see the other dimension of what Babette, who Babette is and what she's doing. 
because he's translating it for right, us right. and for everybody there who won't talk about food because they made a pact. <laughs> yeah, and then that was an interesting reaction. They 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 loved Babette, right? Yeah. So they said, okay, we're going to let her do this, but we're going to – it's basically – we're going to enjoy it as little as possible. <laughs> um, but, but they we'll said, okay, it. we're not going to say a word about it. Yeah. We're not going to say a word about this meal. Um, and that was what they, how they decided to handle it rather <laughs> than say, we're not going to come, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it is. And they did that much because they loved Babette. Well, and they loved the sisters and yeah. her father. And right, so right. it was really funny because sometimes they mm-hmm. say things like, the wind is high this year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, like this. And so you just laugh. But uh, sometimes what it did in them trying to respond to the general and express appreciation but not mention food is they turned to what they knew best, which was spiritual language. Mm. So you talk a th- about things like, I think, did they mention the wedding at Cana? Yeah. They when did. they were drinking mm-hmm. the wine and they would mention, so what, what's happening there is because this is the way that they're connecting to it because it's the only way that they can express what they're feeling. Mm. And therefore it takes on an additional layer of meaning. Right. If somebody knows what those references are, otherwise it's just still yeah. funny and that right. works too. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I, uh, so I loved her bringing everything in. So she brought everything in, including all the plates and glasses and yeah. everything. And all the uh, proper things. Everything, right. The right setting. There was like because you walk three in, or four glasses and several plates. Mm-hmm. And, all the yeah, forks. All the forks, right. Well, and yeah. I like it because when you want, they walk in and see the table. It's so beautifully set. And it's like, here's visual beauty for you. You've never seen anything like this. None of these people have ever seen this. And it's it's like a beautiful still life. Mm. And their eyes can feast on it as they then get to experience, you know, here's the fine linen. Here's the beautiful smooth surfaces of these things. Because I bet most of them don't have glasses and plates like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. all that finery and the beautiful way the napkins are folded. It's just every little thing is there to give beauty. Right. Yeah. I just loved that. I loved it too. And I loved the scenes in the kitchen. Yes. Um, So, uh, (laughs) first of all, the servant boy was awesome. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed him quite a bit. And, um, you know, she would give him instructions. Okay, pour this in the small glass, you know, and then he'd go Mm -hmm. do that. And, uh, um, that was great. And then we're watching her put things together. And um, and the general is the only one who knows how amazing this is. Yes. Again, because of a meal he had in France. Um, and he, he, he like takes the thing, he tastes the drink, and he's like, that's a Montiato, The best yes. one I've ever tasted. Which, of course, just makes me think of Edgar Allan Poe. Of but course. How can I help, not help that? Yes. But you know, it occurs to me too, um, having him there, they were all kind of copying him for how do you eat some of these things? What silverware <laughs> right. do he you use? He was showing them how. And that the fact neat. that he tastes the Amontillado and comments on it, then they all pick up their glasses mm-hmm. and try it. Without him, who knows what they would have ignored? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because he was very important. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. And then, you know, uh, course after course after course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There must have been seven. I don't know. I don't know yeah. how many, how yeah, many there usually are. You know, because they had the cheese course, the fruit, the um, everything. The after mm-hmm. dinner drink and coffee and everything like that. And, um, and what happens is really extraordinary because under the influence of the feast – Memories and kinder feelings bubble to the surface. In hmm. enjoying this beauty of the tongue and the eye and the sensations, their spirits are refreshed and opened up, and they can truly remember what they love about each other. Yeah. Through the body, and, right? Through the body. Right. Mm-hmm. Because these things work together. Right. And you have to use them properly. And and I think part of it is because 
for one thing, they'd never experienced anything like this. I don't know how these people could have eaten and drunk all this stuff. It's just <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to let that go. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but it's that thing of she gives so fully and so generously. And you look at that and all you can do is remember that Jesus so often spoke of heaven as being a big feast. Mm. And in that moment when we're seeing them, heaven and earth touch together. Yeah. That's what heaven will be like. The people who we thought were our enemies are not really our enemies. We now can come together in love. And the people we loved before, that love is enriched and deepened. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, the whole place was elevated like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was something. Just beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. And um, yeah, and the general stands up and gives a speech. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting speech. Um, he was commenting on the whole thing. Um, he says, mercy and truth have met together. Right. Well, he says, I have it. Do you mind if yeah, I Yeah, please, it? please. Um, because he's also thinking of his lost love who's there. Right, yeah. And so he's talking about all the choices they made. Were they right or were they wrong? And he says, we tremble before making our choice in life. And after having made it again, tremble in fear of having chosen wrong. But the moment comes when our eyes are opened and we see and realize that grace is infinite. Grace, my friends, demands nothing from us, but that we shall await it with confidence and acknowledge it in gratitude. Grace, brothers, makes no conditions and singles out none of us in particular. Grace takes us all to its bosom and proclaims general amnesty. See that which we have chosen is given us and that which we have refused is also and at the same time granted us. I, that which we have rejected is poured upon us abundantly for mercy and truth have met together and righteousness and bliss have kissed one another. Wow. Yeah. That may actually be a quote from the book itself mm-hmm. instead of the movie, but it's, I think they took it verbatim. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So. Very nice. Yeah. And that's when that's you amazing. realize that, mm-hmm. you know, you have to make a choice and you can't tell. And if you make the wrong choice, it's how you live with what you did. Yeah. That's that right. Right. Defines, yeah, who you become. Yeah. Because how could it be different? Right. Right. Like my life before now, how how could it be different? There's no use looking back and saying, I wish I had decided X. Yeah. Right. Because it's yeah, that, what, what are you doing with what you gone. have now? It's gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the sisters before the meal say, God's will be done. And they're like, oh, please protect us. <laughs> yeah. And of course, God's will is in that extraordinary feast and mm-hmm. the results, it is done. Right. It follows. Yeah. He wants them to have this, even though they're afraid of it. For sure. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, that's kind of also commentary on the choices they made. Mm. They were afraid of it, but they didn't trust in God. Right. And yeah. it still turned out okay. There it they still all turned out okay. Feast. That's right. Absolutely yeah. right. And they were there to save Babette. Yep. Everything happened together, right? I mean, again, mm-hmm. everything needed to happen. So, so yeah. So, a- after the feast, that's when uh, Babette talks to the sisters mm-hmm. and lets them know that um, she has spent the entire lottery winnings on this meal. Yeah. And that was quite a moment, too. Yeah. Because she was saying, I'm not going anywhere. I don't have anywhere to be. And I, no uh, I don't belong anywhere. <laughs> and I also don't have any money. And they said, how can you not have any money? And she said, well, I just spent all of it on this meal. At that restaurant I used to work in, that's how much this meal cost. Yeah, for 12 people. For 12 people, yeah. And uh, Martine says, now you're going to be poor for the rest of your life. And uh, I love this line so much. Babette says, an artist is never poor. Yeah. And um, man, I mean, that says so much. It's like when you do something and you share it and people enjoy it, mm-hmm. There's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, she says, throughout the world sounds one long cry from the heart of the artist. Give me the chance to do my very best. And that really explains the, what we see her um, when we're seeing her behind the scenes and she's not 
worried. She's just very competently doing everything. But every so often she'll stop and drink, we see her at the end drinking some wine and hmm. you just see her and really savoring it. And also kind of that look on her face like, I'm never going to taste this again. Yeah. And it's not sad. It's just kind of, I know it. But also feeding the coachman. Yes. Feeding the oh, boy. Oh, the coachman. I love the coachman. Yeah. They're not, she's not giving them everything, but she's giving them some of really good stuff they'll never have again any other mm-hmm. way. And she enjoys that as much as she enjoys turning out the big complete feast. Oh, for sure. Yep. And I, I didn't know at the time, you know, when I was watching it, that she was thinking, you know, this is the last time I'm going to have this. Right. I right. wouldn't, I would, didn't know that. Oh, so yeah. 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 So it's a, but it's an amazing thing in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. Because Babette, here's the other thing that's amazing. You know, she's doing it for the joy of doing it and giving it. Yes. Right. She doesn't get to eat the feast. Mm-hmm. Her reward is the creation. Yeah. She did it for something that they cared about, which was the father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that overflowing generosity of God. Right. That's it. That's as close as we can get as watching that happen in this movie. Yeah. We don't know how we've shut him out in so many ways, like these sisters have, or like the little congregation. And then something new is given to us, God's overflowing generosity, and we can see it. And our lives are changed. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> The sense that just popped in my head is, unto us a child is given. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You can't see it. You don't know. No. And it's the times when we're the most generous of ourselves, even when it hurts, and probably those times most of all, that we can help be that conduit for that too. And it blesses us as well as blesses the people we're, you know, being generous to. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so not only that aspect, but the other aspect that this movie teaches is how to be receptive or how you should be receptive to the gifts of others. Yeah. Right. You you, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be rejecting those things. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're stifling their ability to do the best they can, right? Yeah, and you're not allowing them to have the um, the joy mm-hmm. of giving. Right. Yeah. You know, and in America, and I think I might have said this on other podcasts, but I think we have an independence problem, you know, from our, from how the country was founded, those sorts of people and the pioneer spirit and all this stuff is we all want to be the ones who are giving. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we're afraid to ask for help or just to receive something generous that was done. Yeah. We want to repay. Well, it's not about repaying. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just such a, yeah, this is like a tight little package of just incredible thought and mm-hmm. generosity and grace, and uh, it's great. Yeah. But then, yeah. then Babette, you know, makes her final decision, right? She says, I'm not going to go back to Prance. I'm right. going to stay here, like like we said. And um, Again, I had mixed feelings about that. <laughs> it mm. was like, ah, you know, it, after all that sacrifice and everything, I thought that was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. And she gave it knowing what she was giving. And maybe the door was closed. I didn't feel like the door was closed, though. Maybe maybe that was part of it is I felt like she could walk into Paris and within a year she'd be working somewhere amazing, you know. Um, yeah, or Stockholm. She didn't yeah, have to go to Paris. She could right. have gone to some big city somewhere else. So, yeah, but instead she's like, I'm going to stay here and, and be of service to the sisters mm-hmm. and all the people, all the, the, the congregants there. Again, it's almost a monastic life that she's picked. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't know what happened before. The, I mean, you know your her husband and son are dead, mm-hmm. that it, she had to get out. Yeah. She was in danger. And so you don't know how much of it is. She's like, no, this is the life I've been put in Uh or what choice she's making. But Yeah, and at that point, she's chosen it now, right? Even if she didn't choose it before, she had chosen it now. It's it's incredible to think about. Um, And yeah, and what are the paths that we're put on? Right, right. Yes. Yeah. 
you know, and like you said, we don't know what she ran from exactly. Uh, we don't know if she's had the experience of being a head chef at that place. Um, there's something about what she's doing that's super satisfying. Mm-hmm. So you got to accept that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Her eyes, she hasn't missed out. She's experienced. And then she's made the decision. Yes. Right. Yeah. And think how much better her being there has just made the lives of even those bedridden people that we would see yeah. who are eating the bread soup. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's worth something too. For sure it is. Yeah. In a funny way, maybe because I just rewatched it recently, um, it makes me think of Rob Nabana de Jodi. Oh. You know, the Indian movie with mm-hmm. the very uh, computer geeky guy who marries the beautiful girl and mm-hmm. wants to make her happy. So he pretends to be a, you know, like a movie star type guy. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Does the dance contest with her. So it's that Charlotte <laughs> Khan movie that yep. we watched. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how far I needed to go to remind you of it. That's fine. I oh, get you, it. You, nope. uh, you had me at Charlotte Khan. Oh, well. <laughs> I, Let's just I knew say, which one you were talking about. That's all of us. I should have started with Shahrit Khan because shouldn't we always start with Shahrit Khan? And I like the fact that this is still a foreign movie, so mm-hmm. I've not chosen an American movie this year, not through choice, but uh-huh. it's the last movie we'll watch for the year. Yeah. We still managed to work an Indian movie in to this <laughs> Hey, well Danish done. Well movie. done. <laughs> oh, oh, God bless India. So anyway, um, and we're Bollywood at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it made me think of is we're talking about you know, enriching the lives of these extremely humble, bedridden people who people might go, so what difference does it matter? But, you mm. know, that bread soup is the one thing they've got to look forward to all day. And um, it makes me think of <clears throat> at the end when the wife is, uh, she's telling Raj, I can't leave my husband mm. because, yeah, he's kind of boring. Yeah, he doesn't talk much, but you know what? He held my hand when no one else was there. Yeah, yeah. He is a good man. He's the man God gave me. I see God in him. Mm. And it's this whole idea of the simple, humble, common person is also worth God's attention and worth having a decent bowl of bread soup. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and Mm -hmm. when Babette makes that choice, you kind of feel like she's embraced the community that also embraced her. That's so right. Yeah. 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 Well put. Who knew that Shah Rukh Khan was the key to open lo- that lock? <laughs> you know, I just feel like he does that for so many things for us. <laughs> just, just wait. It's going to happen more. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Um, yeah. I really didn't intend that, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, you're thinking of unto us, child is given unto <laughs> Shah Rukh Khan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh wow. Oh fun. <laughs> May God have mercy on my soul. Who knows what evil I've opened myself up to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, too fun. Too good. Oh. <laughs> well, I think therefore the lesson we can take mm-hmm. from Babette's Beast is it's okay to enjoy a Bollywood musical Absolutely. every so often. <laughs> <laughs> no question. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> that's great. That is great. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, uh, to take it back to my one last thing I wanted to mention, and I can't remember if this was the narrator. But Or if it was somebody else, it says, somebody says, the only things we can take with us from this life are those we have given away. Huh. Yeah. And Babette has given everything. Right. She has. And really so have the sisters. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we might wish they'd made different choices, but they still are faithfully serving and and close to God as Mm -hmm. far, you know, from all the evidence. Um. Yeah, yeah. You're very right. Yeah. Yeah, and then the the last line of the movie is, In paradise, you will be the great artist um, that God meant you to be. Oh, how you will delight the angels. Yes. Yeah. Said by the one who had heard that line from the man who sent her, exactly right? Because right. Yep. that was the singer. Yeah. And you think she must have held on to that line. She must have, yeah. Beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, what a movie. Yeah, I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah. Oh, there's so much here. Yeah, I love this kind of thing. It's There's just, yeah. And uh, I definitely would like to find that short story and read it. It's not mm-hmm. a novel, right? It's a short story, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just... It's just like a perfect little gem, mm-hmm. you know, in how it's written. Yeah. So, though I can't imagine that the story would be, you know, if they if if uh, the author like wrote the name of a French something or other, I would never know what, what it is. Okay. But I okay. look watching her make the things, um, you know, the the story mm-hmm. may have worked better on film. I'm I'm guessing, but we'll see. Well, yeah, and I do want to say one thing. Um, it's funny to me that watching it with the book club and watching it with uh, my daughter, one of my daughters, Rose, and, and my mom, each time there was this protest raised against the quail, oh. you know, the little sarcophagus, the thing that was her uh, trademark dish where the, the yeah. quail is boned and it's got a truffle and some pate and then it's in a puff pastry and uh-huh. the little head is sticking out <laughs> and the guy, you know, sucking the brains out of it going, mm. Uh, mm, delicious. Yeah. And you're seeing the head of the um, calf being taken away because she's made veal stock and there's the turtle. And in one case, it was a young woman who was like, oh, no, you know. And in another case, it was my mom who hmm. has actually done that kind of thing herself. But, you know, you get further away and you're not expecting it. And so the other thing this reminds me of is how far away we've gotten from where our food really comes from oh, and the wow. cost of yeah. our lives. So true. In mm-hmm. real terms. And it's and I don't mean to sound callous when I'm talking about this, but this is every hamburger somebody eats. You know, there's <laughs> a cow that gave it up for it. That's right. That's and right. that's okay. Mm. That's that's how it, it it's this is life. Mm-hmm. But to look at that and and uh, quail, so to speak, but to um, shudder over it is maybe to have an opportunity to stop and kind of get regrounded in what does life mean and where does it come from? And maybe this is why we should also be grateful and respectful of everything we get. Yeah, yeah. It all has a cost. It sure does. Yeah. And for us to give back is part of honoring that cost. Mm-hmm. And that's the Catholic view of um, environmentalism and ecology and all that stuff is we're supposed to be stewards. Well, you can use the things that you're a steward of, but you have to be respectful of it and treat it well. Right, right. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but my wife's dad is a rancher. Oh, and I have I didn't know that. spent a lot of time with the cows, <laughs> including in the butcher shop. Mm. So um, it's been that was an eye-opening experience for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how did it leave you? Uh, did it change anything about how you felt? No, or? it would. It, 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 like you said, there's a respect there. There's a you know an understanding, I guess, and a and a respect, mm-hmm. just like you said. You know, everywhere the cheeseburger came from, somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every single, every, everything that we get is coming from somewhere. Well, yeah, yeah, because, you know, even a carrot feels something when you pull it out of the dirt. (laughs) I mean, it's not something I can relate to, but everything alive is serving something else that's alive. Right. At some point in the ecosystem. And so um, it doesn't mean you don't eat and go on and do whatever, but you try to do the best you can. I mean, it's, it's so funny because. Um, my, both my sister and my mother just think it's ludicrous that I will pay a really high rate for pasture raised eggs. Mm. Cause once I found out that free range didn't mean the chickens got to run around outside, but pasture raised did, I went, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm going to make sure there's a happy chicken out there somewhere. Uh, you know, yeah, that's yeah. my contribution nice. in that sense. And, uh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, very nice. Well, cool. All right. Well, thank you again for picking this one. Oh, you're welcome. I'm yep. so glad you liked it. Thumbs up. But Two after that up. movie about the the Russian monks on the island or whatever it was, <laughs> felt like you could take anything, Scott. The island. The island, yes. Oh, is that what it was called? Yeah. Okay. Ostrov. 
Ostrov. I just remember a holy fool and some socks and an island. (laughs) There's somebody on a train. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I think I need to rewatch it. (laughs) (laughs) So good. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, next up we have Markheim by Robert Louis Stevenson. Yes. Another thing I've not read. Oh, so well, I, don't, I don't even know what it is. So I'm excited. Let's find out. It's a out short what it is. story, and it's mm-hmm. set at Christmas, and it is Robert Louis Stevenson. He is Stevensoning it up. <laughs> this is the you more the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde Ooh, Stevenson than nice. you know Very a fun. nicer one. Very yeah. Good. So. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. looking forward to it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. all right. Well, we'll uh, see you all in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye.